Welcome to Soulful, the podcast. I'm your host, Layla Steed, psychic medium healer and mentor for women that are ready to embrace their soul-aligned life. This is a powerful destination for women that are seeking that irresistible invitation to lead a more meaningful, purposeful and self-ignited life. This is a free conscious education tool if you are seeking greater self-connection and that familiar frequency of that feminine connection, then you are in the right place. I thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Good morning and welcome to episode one of season three of Soulful, the podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to dive into something that many of my clients come to me with um, during readings, it comes up quite a bit and that is self-connection. And today we're going to be talking about why that's important and how you can do it more deeply. Now, I find this in a lot of readings and with a lot of clients that they come to me and they're like, my husband's pissing me off or it comes up in the reading that I can sense that there's a huge disconnect happening within the marriage. Um, And usually I can feel where or what party, if both, that that is stemming from. And it's something that many, many people go through. And I want to preface this by saying I'm not married. I haven't been married. But this is a very, very common theme within relationships of any kind um, that the power of self-connection can either make or break a relationship because the way that we are connected to self and how deeply we are connected to ourselves can either enhance our outside relationships outside of ourself and the frame in which we view the world and the lens in which we view everything else, or it can really, really harm that. Um, It can really, really impact that deeply because we're viewing it from a place of that self-connection that is quite fragmented And if that self-connection is fragmented, we're viewing the rest of everything else outside of that with that negativity that comes from that fragmentation, right? Or that abrasiveness. Now, I'm just trying to figure out how to say this the best way so that you can get the most out of this. But if this is you, if you are within one of those wobbly moments within your marriage, within your relationship, within a friendship, within self, you're in one of those wobbly moments that you can't quite put your finger on where it's stemming from and you're trying to rack your brain going, what is happening here? You know, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling resentful. Um, you know, I'm feeling just short-tempered with my kids, with my partner, with my job. I'm feeling lack of enthusiasm for life. I really implore you to sit quietly for a moment and trace back and see where that stems from. See where that is originating from, because honestly, I can guarantee you that a lot of that is either a reaction to someone else not being connected to self, whether it's your friendships, your partner, hubby, uh, your parents, it's either going to be a reaction to that person not being connected. Therefore, they're not acting like their true self or they're short tempered. Um, You're walking on eggshells is a very common one. Um, And it's about you viewing that, okay, is this a reaction to someone else? Or is this because of my lack of connection to self? You know, and one of the hardest things that we can do is call ourselves on our own shit, right? That's why we call in third parties like therapists, like counselors, girlfriends, (laughs) one of our guy friends, whatever it might be. We call in this third party and we go, Hey, listen, you know, what do you see here? or I've got an issue, I want you to help me unravel it. But the thing is, is the most powerful person for you is going to be yourself. And yes, sometimes we need these professionals to come and assist us. Or for me, I like to go to shamans or healers um, that can help me see where there is something that is disconnected, if anything. And 
that's my third party person that I call upon. We all do it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've woken up with a little bit of a, a sore throat this morning. Um, but yeah, that that is my way that I do things within myself. And for you, it might be that you're like, I need to book that therapy appointment. I need to go and see my counsellor. Um, whatever it is for you, it's important that we are shifting that. Sometimes it does require a third person outside of ourselves because they're able to get a viewpoint that is outside of the disconnect. They're able to stand back and say, hey, listen, this is what I can see from standing back here. Sometimes when you're so deep in something or you're so deep in a disconnect, in a disconnected state, it is very hard for you to view it from a place that isn't tainted with being so deep in something, right? You know, when we're so deep in a, a depression or an anxious state or um, a state of panic or just a state of extreme disconnect, which can obviously spur off all of what I've just listed, um, it's very, very challenging for us to kind of view it from a safe place that we're able to make change. And that's where these third party people can kind of come into it. So there is extreme power in also saying, I know that I'm being a bit blindsided because I'm so deep in this. I need some assistance and I think that that's incredible. But you are your most powerful healer. Sure, if you need to, outsource that for some time. But having that self-awareness and that emotional intelligence to also be able to analyse yourself and your situation very powerfully and then to access that information that you have found and implement greater change is one of the most powerful skills that you can learn as a human in my in my opinion anyway sometimes all we need is a moment of reset sometimes all we need is to take a moment out and something that i want to chat about very quickly because it's going to go slightly off topic is that in readings, the second that I talk to a client, the second that we open up that space and that connection, if they have more than one child, I can feel it very, very strongly. Because one of the things that comes through a lot, like I have one child myself and I have to be fine-tuned into her emotions and her needs you know, is she okay emotionally? How's she going at school? Is she well fed? What's that sniffle? Um, you know, do I need to speak to the teacher this week? You know, whatever it might be for her, I'm very fine tuned into her needs. That's part of motherhood, right? But I only have one person other than myself in my household that I need to help manage their emotions and hold their emotions. For those of you that have partners and multiple children, or even just a partner and a child, you're so fine-tuned into two people. If you have an, a partner and a child, you're so fine-tuned into two people. You know, are they okay? Are their needs met? Did my child shower today? Have they brushed their teeth? Is my partner, how come he's walked in the door from work? I can feel, because you're so fine-tuned into the people that we live with, I can feel that energy shift. Something's happened at work today. I should put a note in my brain to go and chat to him about that. Um, you know, I'm feeling that the other child's not feeling so great. So you find tuned into them. Women need to be kind to ourselves and understand that we put ourselves at the back of a very long list, right? And we do it naturally. And it's human nature that when you're a mother, we're going to be fine-tuned into our children. If you have a partner, you're going to be fine-tuned into that partner. You're going to be wondering, you know, how are they going? Are they doing okay? And that takes the energy away from ourselves. And yes, um, many of us do struggle with the giving energy back to self is selfish. Especially what I've found is that when it's a stay-at-home mum, the partner walks in the door from work you know, she's been flat out with the child all day. She's The energy is a little bit frazzled and she wants to leave, but she can't. She's got to put dinner on because he's been at work and that's her role within the home. And if I leave, I'm selfish, but I really need that five minutes to myself. 
but yet he needs that five minutes to himself because he needs to decompress after being in the office or on the job site or whatever he's been doing that day for work. So there becomes this kind of power struggle and many um, couples do have a bit of a roster with this from what I've spoken to with clients and, you know, on this day, this partner will go and have their time at the gym after work or she'll go and do a Pilates class or whatever it is. But there are quite a few women that I chat to within readings that they're like, oh, yeah, we don't do that. It's kind of he walks in the door, he's feeling frustrated. None of us are leaving to go and honour ourselves. It's straight into dinner, bed and bath time, and then we're exhausted and we fall asleep. And I'm like, okay, but do you see how disconnected that is? Do you see now why the relationship feels a bit strange, why it's in a wobbly phase? because it's in a disconnected state. Not only is it in a disconnected state within the relationship, but it's in a disconnected state within self, which is then spilling over into the relationship and probably spilling over into the parenting as well. Hopefully this is making sense. Now, how do we shift out of this? Because it's okay, you know, you might be listening and you're like, that's me that's us. We're disconnected or, you know, I'm feeling that disconnection within self. And you can get so many months and years down the track before you realize or before someone, whether you have a reading or a healing or you go to a therapist or whatever your um, modality might be that you've chosen to access that information, it might be 18 months down the track that you guys have been in this state of extreme disconnect. And and to walk yourself back to a state of connection can be quite a process because it's so foreign. You've let it go to the point and don't judge yourself for it. Don't sit here and go, that's me. I've let it go. Oh my God, that's us. That's where the problems are stemming from. Um, don't judge yourself on anything that comes through now. All you can do now is make the change. And that requires carving out time. That requires some, obviously, a little bit of um, compassion on both sides, compromise on both sides. And it requires understanding of that other person and how they show up within their daily lives and trying to really get into that person's shoes. Sometimes within relationships, when I do a reading, I can feel a really strong theme of resentment from both parties. Resentment is a very heavy emotion and it's one that poisons relationships, you know, and it usually stems from one person believes that they are overworking and the other person is not picking up the slack. The other person is dragging their feet and one person is pulling. And within the relationship, this can happen quite often. This can happen you know, it goes in themes. It can be in a wobbly phase where one person does have to overcompensate because the other person is having a bit of a challenging time. But it poisons the relationship if we let it go on for long enough, you know, and it's important to communicate as well. This is what I'm finding is that there is no communication in some relationships. And I can feel this within readings very clearly. Excuse me, I've got quite a frog in my throat this morning. But it poisons relationships and and what we need to do here when there is an underlying emotion that is a low vibrational or stronger heavy emotion we need to access that immediately because that is where the trouble can really start and usually it stems from one person might be a stay at home mum or they work a lot less than the other person according to the other person anyway Um, And then the other person is working really long hours. Usually it's the man is working a lot and the woman's not working so much, um, which is a normal dynamic in a household, kind of. I feel feel like that's kind of switching, Um, but still quite normalized that that's a normal dynamic within a home. But if it's not communicated very clearly and if the other person can't see what the other one is doing, you know, and the daily goings on within their life, which comes from communication. We can't understand that person and what is happening within their life deeply unless it's communicated to us or we are shown. People aren't mind readers, right? 
So one of the most powerful things is obviously, you know, it happens sometimes within relationships that the partner gets sick and the and the, and the wife's out and he has to help with the children a lot more than he usually would because he's at work. And you'll see a dynamic shift after that happens because there's understanding of the role, right? There's understanding of that role and he's like, oh, okay, this is actually a lot more challenging than I thought. It's actually a lot more emotionally draining as we know motherhood is when you're staying at home. It's very emotionally draining. You know, it's beautiful in that you get that deep connection with the children, but some days you don't want that deep connection with the children. You want to be out. You want to be, you know, having adult conversations again. You want to be up out in life again. And it creates this um, resentment from the other side, right? That's a common one that I've seen as well on the reverse. If we flip it from women that are like, well, I have to stay at home all day with the kids and he's out having adult conversations. He's out having free time, which is work. But to them, it's seen as free time. He gets to gallivant around in an office, have fun, be the fun office guy and whatever their narrative is. And he gets to have all these adult conversations and then he comes home and I just feel like I'm the naggy wife or I'm the naggy partner. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's feel into this. Let's unpack this. You know, this is what the reading is for. It's to bring through the change that needs to happen to pre-warn you of anything that might be needing to change so that you can have greater vitality. That's what my role is. And one of the most beautiful things that I have witnessed within readings is that women go, oh my God, it's like a light bulb moment because I'm like, listen, I can feel that your husband is like, there's a disconnect happening. He's not within, he's not loving life right now. He's feeling really, really overwhelmed at work. And therefore he gets home. He's bringing that frizzy energy in the door because he's been quite overwhelmed, overworked. Everyone's needing him in this job. And then he's walking in the door and you're being set off because he's bringing that frizzy energy in. That is so common. If I had a dollar for every time I've had to explain this dynamic in readings, I'd be a very wealthy woman, you know. It's one of those dynamics that is common. And you can switch that, switch that around that the woman might be, the maybe the man is the stay-at-home dad, which, you know, it's getting more and more common these days. And, you know, the wife's coming home, she's very frizzy. Obviously, with women, we carry a lot more emotions than men. Um, on, on an outside perspective anyway, men are more internalizers. But as women, if we're quite frizzy, they can feel it instantly because it's shown. It's more, we do verbalize it, right? Most of us do verbalize it. And if we don't verbalize it, you can just feel it. And that's just natural. That's just the feminine, Right. I don't like to go too much into masculine and feminine, but that's one of the basic things. Now you're probably listening along and you're like, yeah, that is where I'm at. This is, I didn't realize it was a disconnection. Now, what I want you to understand about that self-connection and why we're here chatting about this today, why all of this matters that I've just discussed is because that connection that you have to yourself is going to frame everything that we've just talked about in either a positive way or a negative way, you know? So if we have a deep connection to self and our husband or our partner, this is just as an example, if we have a very deep connected state to self and they walk in the door and they're frizzy, they've got that frizzy wired energy, I, I call it the walking on eggshells energy, you're not going to say that's about me. From a place of deep connection to self, you're going to say, hey, I've noticed you've walked in the door. You know, you're not feeling yourself. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to unpack it? How can I help you through this? Versus someone that is disconnected is going to switch that around and be like, that's about me. He feels like I haven't done the washing or he walked in today and I might not have vacuumed and I said I was going to vacuum this morning or the kids are feral and he can tell instantly they've not had their day sleep, whatever it is for you, whatever your narrative is, whatever your truth is for your home, then you're going to view it from a place where you're like, this is about me or I've done something wrong or he doesn't love me anymore. 
because that's a disconnected state where we're, we're making everything personal versus a connected state, which is going to be like, hey, can I ha- how can I help you through this? What's it bringing up for you? Do you want to talk about it? You know, there's such a change in a connected versus disconnected state. Now, how do we flip that? So you might be sitting there thinking I'm disconnected, you know, I'm viewing it from that lens. And it could be that that is a truth. It could be that that person is walking in the door and having that happening. But when you're from coming from a place of a connected state, you're more easily able to go, well, what is coming up for that person? And is he in a disconnected state? Therefore, he's viewing me from a lens of resentment, anger, whatever it could be, whatever emotions coming through. And how do I help him or point out that he's disconnected so that we can reconnect? Because when there is a wobbly moment within self or within relationship, whatever it might be, what do we need to do? We need to reconnect. And without that reconnection, what happens is it just drifts further and further and further apart. And the bond is getting more and more fractured as the time goes on. You know, no one wants to live in that state, whether it's a fractured state to self or a fractured state to relationship. But let's really, really dive into this now, because I feel like hopefully that's pointed out to you if you are in a relationship or maybe you're not. And you just have realized, listen, I I feel disconnected. I am viewing, I'm taking things personally and I'm viewing things from a lens that might not have any truth behind it, but I'm disconnected. Therefore, I'm taking it in a way that's really personal, right? The number one thing that you can do is just begin now to trace back all the times that you might have reacted from a state of disconnection, all the times they might have reacted from a state of disconnection if you're trying to make that shift to reconnection within a relationship, right? Trace it back. Okay, well, this time, you know, I was a bit disconnected, this conversation, you know, just trace it back. Follow the breadcrumbs, as we say. And then the next thing that you can do is to notice all of the beautiful things that make you a more connected person or that make the relationship a more connected place. And you might even be applying this to motherhood, to friendships, whatever it might be. This can be applied in relationships overall, relationship to self and relationship to others. Notice the good things that make that connection really thrive. And what are they? Now, I always recommend to clients, sometimes a disconnected state can mean that you're too in your head. You've become a heady person, as I like to say in readings. If you've had a reading, you're nodding along going, I know what she's talking about. And that's okay. For whatever reason in life, sometimes we do become more heady people. We've got to make a lot of decisions, there's big change, whatever it is, we have to get into that masculine, heady state and really, you know, steam forward. And that that can really help sometimes. But if we stay there, that's where it becomes that negative. That's where it shifts. So looking at it from that place of, how can I notice all of the good things that keep me reconnected, right? And this is what I say to clients all the time. It's noticing when we have drifted up and into the head, the head chakra, the head space, whatever you want to say, and to be able to pull ourselves back down into the heart, into the sacral, right? It's to be able to notice, which is becoming more emotionally aware of self and more spiritually aware of self. And connecting those two is going to make you a much more grounded person, right? It's simply observing yourself in those moments. For example, when my house is very messy, I become a frizzy person. 
it's almost like it heightens my anxiety. I'll act um, out of character. So I'll get out of alignment very quickly. Um, I get more snappy. Um, I get more frustrated. My, my jumper always gets caught on the door handle when I'm trying to walk past to clean it up. And then I get more cranky again. <laughs> There's a lot of memes about that, right? And what I now know is that when this is happening for me, when the house is in disarray, it sends me into disarray. Therefore, what I need to do is bring myself back from the head and getting all anxious and floating up into the headspace, noticing and witnessing when I'm in those moments, I'll look around and go, oh, the house is messy. That's why I'm frizzy. That's why I'm frustrated. That's why I'm quick to, you know, go off. I now need to just pause and reset my energy, clean the house, reset the house and reset my energy. That is something that I have been more emotionally aware of with over the last few years. Before, I'd just flip out, I'd get cranky, I'd take it out on my partner if they weren't helping me, um, I'd get frustrated, I'd become yelly mom. Um, I don't do that anymore. Now I just take a quick look around, I notice my environment, and then I'm like, right, um, I need to get more reconnected to self. I need to pull myself back down from the frizziness, back from the headspace, and bring myself back into the heart space because this is impacting my alignment. It's impacting my connection to self, which is impacting how I see all others within my space right now, even how I see the dog, you know. <laughs> we can all relate then what do I do in those moments? Or then what should you do in those moments? Pause, just pause and reconnect. Right? Maybe the house isn't one for you. Maybe it's the kids. Maybe you've got children that stay home with you during the day. Maybe you're a homeschooler. Homeschooling would add another level of, of you know, intenseness to motherhood, let's be honest. As beautiful as the connection days are, you're still going to have those frizzy days, right? Where the energy is a little bit frazzled, you're feeling a bit fragmented or your child's feeling a bit fragmented. So you've got to take time to reconnect them. Just pause in those moments. Now, my daughter is very emotionally connected to me. So if I, as children are in general, but sometimes you'll get a spiritual child that's a lot more connected. So you can't hide your emotions from them at all. They can see it and they can witness it in all its purity very, very quickly. And I always teach her now what we need to do together is come from the head back into the heart space, put your hands in a cross over your chest, do a butterfly tap on each shoulder and just breathe. Just bring yourself back down into your body and I'll say to her, you're safe, it's okay. And then let's restart. And it really, really shifts her energy. It really shifts herself out of that frizziness back into that connected state. And it's teaching her that at such a young age is one of my greatest parenting moments because she's witnessing her emotions. She's grabbing a hold of those emotions. She will now come to me and say, mom, I'm frustrated. Can you help me? You know, how beautiful that a seven-year-old can witness her emotions, pull herself up on it, come and find me wherever I am in the house. And sometimes she'll say, can you do your special thing, which is because she's a heart feeler, and if you're a client of mine, you'll know what I'm talking about. She is a heart feeler. Some of us are heads, some of us are sacral, some of us feel things down even in the pubic region, um, but she is a heart feeler. She's very, very chest orientated with how she processes emotions. So I'll put my hand over her chest and I'll say, okay, breathe for three, two, one, and just come back in. Sometimes I'll use essential oils on her. If she's having a particularly hard time with her emotions. Sometimes I'll just say, let's sit in silence for a second and just reconnect. But how powerful that a seven-year-old knows that now. You know, I wish that I had been taught that, but 
you know, the main thing is, is growth, evolution. It's being taught to my daughter and she'll teach it to her children. She'll be able to come straight away from a place of reconnectedness. I had to reparent myself to be able to do that because my parents' default when I was growing up was if I was having an emotion, I'd get screamed at, I'd get yelled at, I'd get smacked, put in the corner. And therefore, you know, now as an adult, I've had to reparent myself that emotions aren't bad and I just need to ride the wave and feel them and bring myself back into center. And it's been a really huge learning process for me within that, within my relationships. Now, one of the most powerful things that I tell my clients is, do you take any moment to give yourself love and tune into what your body needs? Not as the mum, not as the wife, not as the friend, sister, daughter, aunt, just you as who you are. And quite often they'll blank stare me and I'm like, when was the last time that you did that? And they don't know. They're like, I don't remember. Others, some are better than others in that they'll say, you know, I I did took a meditation class last week and I came back into my own energy and I'm like, amazing, well done. You know, that's great. You need to keep that up though. It can't be something that you drop the ball on because if you do, one of the most powerful things will be that you witness yourself coming out of that phase, starting to re-enter disconnection phase, right? So that is a huge, powerful thing for you to be able to go, okay, I need to love on myself and I need to give myself and my body what it needs. Now, a lot of my clients, I'll say to them, do you do yoga? Do you do Pilates? And they'll say, no. Some of them will say, no, I don't do that. I'll do powerlifting or I lift weights. And I'm like, does that movement bring yourself back into your body or is it abrasive against the body? And sometimes they'll say, yes, that's how I connect to my body. And I'm like, amazing, keep doing that. Other, other people will say, oh, well, it is pretty abrasive and I leave feeling a little bit more frizzy. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not for your connection. That's for your health and your strength, but not your connection to self. You need to find something else. You need to find something else that's going to connect you deeply back into your body. Now, the reason why I recommend Pilates and yoga is because you're connecting to a breath and you're connecting slowly through slow movements back into the body. It's not abrasive. It's not too aggressive on the body. You're able to think in between those movements. It's a very thoughtful, conscious process. That is why I recommend that. Now, if you're sitting there right now and you're like, oh, I lift weights, she's right, it's too abrasive, please go and find something else that can bring you back into the body from a place of softness and reconnectedness. Now, the next thing that is incredible for restoring this connection to self is just simply connecting with those who love you, those who see you clearly. Could be your family, could be your friends, your sisters, whatever. But then my next question to my clients is, when was the last time that you did something fun, hung out with your friends and those who really love you as a person? They love your personality. They love who you are. And they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen my friends for ages. You know, the kids and their sporting commitments and my husband and I I haven't had that time. And I'm like, okay, that is incredibly powerful for women to sit with other women. It's one of the reasons why I do the moon circles. It's one of the reasons why I carry out these ceremonies It's because of the power to the feminine, the connection that happens within those moments, it reconnects us back to ourselves, right? The woman-to-woman connection is so beautiful. And the reason why is sometimes within relationships, we expect that we're going to get everything from that one person, you know, you're going to get into a relationship and he's going to be, or he or she's going to be amazing and and they're going to hold me and they're going to, you know, just be really in this for me. 
but then you'll let down when you don't get everything from that person, right? And it's impossible for everyone to give you all of the needs that you require outside, very important underline, outside of yourself and what you can give to you. And here's where the feminine comes in. Here's where our connection to our friendships. And you might have a lot of guy friends, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. But one of those things is sitting with other women brings about a softness and an understanding that you're just not going to get from a partner. You're not going to get that. And that's okay. And you have to be okay with that. You know, and you might be like, no, Layla, you know, I get a lot of softness from him and that's great. Usually that's the exception, not the rule. Right. Now, that also takes the pressure off your relationship to give you, to get all your emotional needs met. Because you're sitting with other women. Number one, you're sitting with other women and you're being held in those moments. You might be talking about, you know, motherhood was really hard this week or my job's really demanding or I had a lot of heavy clients this week and, you know, I'm feeling a little bit down. And you know what your friends will do? If they're really good friends, they'll say, you know, you've got this, you know, you're doing amazing. You know, I'm sorry you're experiencing that. I'm deep in the motherhood trenches too. And this is what's going on for me. And my kids got this. And you're able to get those emotional needs filled outside of your relationship. Therefore, you're going home in a connected state. You're going home with deeper understanding. And how beautiful is that? Let yourself honor your friendships. Let yourself nourish those friendships. Give yourself the time. It's not selfish to go out and and reconnect with your friends. Sit in the feminine. Be held and speak together. You don't have to sit there and whinge about your husbands all night. I definitely do not recommend that. You know, some it's probably better not to discuss the relationships. Not from a negative point of view, but it is a good thing. It is a good um, practice to get into of not venting about relationships because I feel like that just is a negative spiral and, yeah, it's just not a good thing. We'll go into that another time. I hope that this is making a lot of sense and giving you a lot of clarity because this is one of the most common things that comes through in my readings and I thought it was time that I sat down and spoke on it. Now, the next thing I want you to do is to remind yourself to be present in those moments. A lot of people in the readings... I can feel that there's a disconnection and I say to them, when was the last time that you ate dinner at the table as a family? And they're like, oh, we don't do that. When was the last time that you both put your phones down and you just had a date night, whether it's on the floor, in the lounge room or at your beach with a picnic? And they're like, oh, we can't do that. We've got three kids. We don't have any family close by. And I'm like, get a sitter, make time. If you need to take the kids with you and put a separate blanket so that you can get a little bit of space, then do that. But be present together. You cannot connect from a state of disconnection. This is why family dinners are important. This is why family movie nights are important. Having those rituals within your home that create connection, that nourish connection and that require you to be present and not distracted are where the reconnection happens. Now, if you do all of the things that we have talked about, so, so far we've covered reset, noticing all the good things in your life, noticing how you show up and noticing the good in you pause and reconnecting to yourself, encouraging yourself and giving yourself some love, tapping into what your body needs and what you need outside of marriage, outside of motherhood, outside of friendships, what you need as a soul, connecting them with those that you love and reminding yourself to be present. The next one 
Because if you do all of those, you should be in a state of reconnectedness. You should be in a state where you are deeply connected to self. So now that you are walking around and you're deeply connected to self, the next thing to do, which can be very challenging, is to regularly check in for yourself. Do a self-check-in. How am I feeling? Am I coming in today from a state of disconnect or reconnect? If I'm still feeling a little bit frizzy about yesterday, you know, the kids didn't behave, the washing didn't get done, you know, work was crazy, I'm feeling overwhelmed, check in with yourself and then start at the start again. So reset, notice all the good, go back to square one. But pausing and checking in with yourself, like I said before, is something that I've had to do. It's a skill that I've had to learn. It is very simple, but it can be very hard in the moment when we're living and we're deep in it, right? I now do that a lot where I I go, "Mm, okay, I'm going to pause for a second. You know, I've had an overwhelming day. Eva's coming at me with all these questions. The teacher needs a note signed. I haven't made dinner. The dog's hungry. I've got to get the mowing done, the weeding, whatever it is. I always just quickly check in with myself and go, okay, what do I need to do to honour myself at the moment? Do I need to make a list so I'm less frizzy? Do I need to just pause and go and be in my own energy for a second? Do I need to tell Eva how I'm feeling and communicate that so that I'm not short-tempered and cross and she's not understanding why I'm having these deep emotions? And the next one is just be there for you, right? Learn to hold yourself. We need to come at everything within our lives from a state of deeper deeper connection to self. And a lot of the time I hear people say, yeah, but he's not there for me or she's not there for me or they are not there for me. Be there for you. When we're placing less expectations on that validation and that sense of security and that connection, when we're placing less of that on another person's shoulders and we're pointing the finger back at ourselves and saying, how can I give that to me? How can I be there for me? That is where the powerful change and the catalyst for great, incredible change within everything else within your life is going to come from. Connected people don't have disconnected lives. They don't have disconnected relationships. Believe me when I say everything does stem from within. It's a lame-ass quote, but it is 100% true. Right? And this is this is a little topic that I'll touch base on very quickly. I had someone say to me the other day, I don't understand why people don't like you and why they come after you so viciously. And I'm like, I do. They're coming at me from a state of disconnect. It's easier for them to fine tune into my life and to try and find and figure out my flaws than it is to turn the finger on themselves That is why people hate others on the internet. I know. It's from a state of disconnect. If I fine tune in on this person, I don't have to look at my own shit. It's just basic understanding. You know, there's that person that's always complaining about someone else. You know, it's this person, it was a guy at the grocery shop and this guy pissed me off and this guy pulled out in front of the traffic and rah-rah and they're always ranting. We've all got one of those in our lives. Yeah, but it's this person. Yeah, but it was that guy and then he rattled me. It's because they are so disconnected from themselves that everything else, every other little inconvenience, every other little trigger that someone's bringing to them, is rocking them because they do not have a connected foundation to themselves. The deeper we are connected, 
within our own thoughts, our own minds, our own body, the more emotional intelligence and emotional awareness we have to call ourselves on our own shit, the more powerful that we are going to be in every aspect of our lives. It's a hard one. It's a hard pill to swallow, right? When everything starts from within, you actually have to look at yourself under a fine tooth comb and say, where am I going wrong? How have I brought this into my field? How has this manifested? You know, it's because at some little point within your soul, within yourself, there's a disconnect that allowed it to come through. Or there's a belief system and a value that's sending a vibration to bring that in. Right? Someone said that to me as well the other day about vibration and do you believe that you're bringing this negativity from others, trolling, whatever, into your life? And I was like, that's a really good question. Um, do I believe so? No, I don't believe that I have any thoughts that are true of what they're saying at all. But I do believe that just as there is light, there is always going to be darkness. If you are vibrating high, naturally the darkness can be attracted to that because it's an opposite. But it was interesting. It was an interesting concept. I was like, mm, I've got to have a think about this and I've got to just go into that self-analyze mode for a second and see if there is anything that I feel like there is a mirror here of any kind, right? It was powerful. It was a really powerful thought. So I hope that this has helped and I hope that you can go away from this and go, geez, I need to make some changes or geez, this has been really groundbreaking for me. And I hope that you have had a huge light bulb moment because usually in a reading, when I speak this out to a client, they do come back and they're like, oh, it was me or oh, my husband was disconnected. And now that I've said to him, sometimes someone else in a relationship that when we're in a relationship, someone else being disconnected, sometimes all they need is say, you to say to them, hey, listen, I can see you're a little bit disconnected. How can I support you in this? And just even those words, offering them support makes them feel less alone and will remove that disconnect. It will just dissolve. Why? Because there's been a reconnection, there's been a reach out. The human spirit loves to be seen, it loves to be witnessed. Not for the mask that we put out, but for what is underneath it. It's easy for everyone to go, I'm fine, I'm okay, it's all right, I'm good. It's easy for us to mask, right? And to pretend that we're fine. But how beautiful is it when we're not fine, and we're still masking and we're still getting on with life. Maybe we don't even realize that we're not fine. And then someone says, hey, I can tell that you're a bit off and you're not doing okay. How can I support you? I'm sorry you're experiencing this. How can I hold you in this? What do you need from me? I'm here for you. How powerful is that when you're like, oh man, they saw me when I didn't even see myself. I'd been so on the hamster wheel of life round and around and around and the nine to five and the kids day in and day out that I didn't even realize <clears throat> I wasn't even aware that I was disconnected and that I was operating from such a disconnected state, but they did. How beautiful is it in that moment for someone to witness you and see you? That's amazing, right? And it makes you feel beautiful inside. It makes you feel held and safe and protected, which is what we all want at the end of the day. So I challenge you now to pause this or come back to it. Share it with someone that you think might be in a state of disconnect. You might even want to share it with your partner and go, look, there's some good points here that could help our relationship. 
maybe we can bring some more reconnection through this. Let's try it. Let's try and get as reconnected to self as we can and see the great change that could happen within the relationship, within the family unit. How beautiful. But pause this and go and have a look and call yourself on your own shit. Do not be afraid to stare at yourself in the mirror and see the reality of who you are and what you're experiencing here as a human. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to face yourself in all your entirety, right? It's hard, I know. It's so much easier within any kind of relationship or situation to say it's them. And that is usually the default of so many people that aren't emotionally intelligent, aka trolls. It's so much easier to go, she's the problem or they're the problem or my partner's a dick and that's why I'm feeling like this because he. It is so much easier for the human to go, it's everyone else but me. It is so much more powerful to say, hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's not her. It's not her life. I've got an issue with me. And you know what? That hurts. And so many people, the ego will actually move you away from anything that threatens its peace, that threatens the body's peace, right? It will naturally divert it. And that's why so many people are stuck in this quick first level default of going, it's them. And they can't move out of that. Some won't even do it in this lifetime. Why? Because it takes power and grit and determination to point that finger back at self and go, it is me. It is not a random on the internet. It is not the guy in the petrol station that flipped off, flipped me off or cut me off or whatever it is. It is me. Or it is my reaction to something. Right? It's so much more powerful to be able to call yourself on that. And it is one of the greatest tools in life is to be able to grab yourself and rein yourself back in. It's easy to drift off and, you know, act from the head and become all chaos and, uh, you know, you're crying and you're screaming. It is so hard in those moments to say, hey, listen, I need to stop. I need to reset. I need to pause. I need to tune back into my own energy. And for some of you that have really, really big emotions, one of the biggest questions you can ask yourself in those moments of extreme disconnect, whether it's in the relationship, self, children, whatever, one of the biggest questions is, is this true? Because the mind is sneaky. And it will make up a little narrative out of the ego to protect you because that's what the ego's job is. And it could be an untruth like nobody loves me or everybody hates me or I'm just stupid. My husband doesn't love me or my wife doesn't care about me because of this. One of the biggest, biggest things that you can do for yourself in moments of extreme disconnect is, is this true? And nine times out of 10, when you keep asking yourself in that moment, is this actually true or am I making up a narrative Has my mind just ran off on me? And it can do that. Do I need to rein it in? And is this true? And nine times out of 10, you're going to be like, geez, I was acting crazy. That was not even true. (laughs) We've all done it. We're women, right? We've all done that. Especially as someone that suffers from PMDD, let me tell you, that thing is it creates a lot of untruths. And a lot of the times I've believed it, you know, like I've gone down into the depths and I've really believed whatever my mind has brought to the surface as a truth. And instead of trying to look at it, I've just let it run off. And I'm like, 
it is true. It is true. And it's not until a few days later that I realized that that was the PMDD talking. And I, I'm actually, that was a massive untruth that I made up in, as a narrative in my own head. And that's okay. And just be kind to yourself. Don't judge yourself in those moments that you realize that you created something out of nothing. Just be kind to yourself. Hold yourself in it. The power is in the realizing, right? But I hope that has helped today. I hope that you can take something away from this that is positive, that brings about great change. I hope that you can reconnect to yourself more deeply. But one of the greatest things is people go, oh, can I go and see someone for this or should I do this? And I'm like, no, you need to sit with you and you need to make time for you, which is one of the hardest things when you're a mom and you've got a job and you've got a husband and you've got a house and the cat and the dog and all the rest of it. Carving out that time for you is going to be one of the hardest things for you to do, but it's necessary. It's going to be powerful. So please make sure that you give yourself the gift of time. Make sure that you give yourself that gift of reconnection because you deserve it. You matter. So often as mums that we default to putting ourselves at the long of a very end list of to do and we never get there or we're going to get there next week or next week I'm going to make more time for myself or the week after I'm going to do this. And I understand that if you've got a younger child and you've got a newborn or whatever and you're in the throes of motherhood, that reconnection time's going to be less, right? But carve it out because you are worth it. Your relationship is worth it. Your motherhood is worth it carve it out for yourself. You deserve to take that time. That reconnection that you are going to bring about from that time is worth more than anything. You just have to realize that that time is needed. That time is necessary. You might have to switch up your routine. Your husband might have to give up a golf day you might have to learn to compromise a lot more within the relationship. But I can promise you that it's going to bring about this incredible reconnection that is going to not only filter out within the relationship as a good, beautiful vibration, but it is going to go out to your friendships, your relationships with your friends, your work relationships, your motherhood. It's going to trickle out into the way that you view the world, which frame and which lens you actually view that from. It is going to be absolutely worth everything to be able to get that reconnection time. I'm so excited to hear how you guys go with this. So please do send me a DM a few weeks after you've heard this and with the new strategies that you have implemented, let me know how you go. I hope that this brings about the incredible change that has it has created when I've spoken this out within readings, when we've been able to have the time to discuss it deeply and to go into the whole logistics spiritually behind the relationship and really pick that apart and put it back together from the frame of something a lot more beautiful. I hope that this helps you guys give you that starting point to be able to create that and cultivate that now and to do it now because it's really important. Anyway, it is Soulful Sunday today. One of my beautiful followers told me the other day that they used to love it when I did Soulful Sundays. So I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. And it's funny that I used to call it Soulful Sundays before Soulful Space was even around. So the the evolution over this way has been pretty magical. So enjoy your Soulful Sunday. I'll be sharing something over on Instagram of how you can cultivate that Soulful Sunday and bring it into your life. And I'll speak to you all soon. Thank you for listening to Soulful, the podcast. One of the most beautiful things in life is connection. And I'm so glad that I was able to connect with you today. 
I am available for readings and I do have minimal session times available. So if you are thinking of diving in and having a reading with me, please get in touch. My information is in the show info. I'll see you soon for the next episode, which will be tuning into your abilities and your intuition. Have a beautiful week.